Welcome back to Meditate with Samara. Thank you so much for wanting to tune in. And I hope this podcast about mindfulness 101 is going to be useful to set the ground of how we're going to move forward in um, the following episodes of this podcast. So we all have the similar understanding of what mindfulness is, or at least um, it's just something new. So I feel like mindfulness is a term that we hear a lot these days. I think it's one of those promised solutions that, oh, if you practice mindfulness, all of your problems will go away. Or if you have this and that, um, just use mindfulness. I think it's a jargon that is heavily used. And it's a good thing and a bad thing, in my personal opinion, because I think it's a it's a good thing because more people are aware that this concept exists and is useful and can be utilized a little bit bad just because maybe the original understanding and the concept behind mindfulness is a bit fuzzy because a lot of people are using it as one another so I have been doing a lot of research about mindfulness um, particularly because my master thesis is about mindfulness meditation and its impact towards emotion. So I did around six months worth of researching about mindfulness meditation on scientific researches that has been done both behaviorally and neuroscientifically. And I would just love to share my notes basically about that. And I think it's really nice to just have a common understanding about what mindfulness meditation is. So before, when someone would ask me what mindfulness is, I would say it's a practice that originated from Buddhist tradition and have gained popularity over the last few decades. Mindfulness is a contemplative concept that is originated from Buddhist tradition. And it's true that it has gained popularity over the last few decades. And I'll I'll share a small story why. And now when someone would ask me what mindfulness is, it is essentially how we focus our attention and awareness to the present moment. Whatever we are feeling, whatever we are thinking, whatever situation we are in, we observe this present moment without being judgmental, or in other words, by being objective. So there's a lot of debates around how mindfulness should be defined, and this is one of the Um, challenges that scientific experiments have to come together with because without a specific definition of mindfulness, there could be inconsistencies in the approach and the results of these experiments, which then creates this question mark of the reliability of the results. But before going too deep in that, let's step back and discuss a bit more about how mindfulness became popular. So mindfulness is a practice that is popularized in the West um, by a man named John Kabat-Zinn and he created a mindfulness-based stress reduction program or short to MBSR that he aims to treat patients that does not meditate but they do have chronic pain and somehow it worked and this was somewhere back in 1985 Um, at least that's um, where my research goes back to could go back further but mindfulness meditation defined by this man John Kabat-Zinn is that you practice 
non-judgmentally and non-reactively in a state of awareness that could potentially improve your ability to modify automatic behaviors in the long term. So this keyword I feel here is that you can improve the ability to modify automatic behaviors. So the success of the MBSR program has brought more research onto what is the benefit of mindfulness in a more clinical setting. So they did found that, oh, okay, mindfulness actually helps patients who suffer from anxiety, from depression, and from those who have an abuse use or addicted to alcohol and drugs. Other than treating patients in clinical settings, mindfulness meditation has also been found to improve your health in terms of increased subjects immune system or reducing the stress hormone cortisol which is very important especially these days right you're all stressed about something one way or another while researching for my thesis i found this questionnaire slash way to measure how mindful you are and it's called five facet mindfulness questionnaire and i'll give the link to the study in the description a study one, and it has these five components of mindfulness that are important. And I think this is very useful for me to understand what mindfulness is, because just from the short description um, that I mentioned before about mindfulness is a non-judgmental, present-centered awareness for the present moment, and you should accept it as it is, I think that it makes sense, but I don't know how to get there. And this um, questionnaire has helped me understand a bit more towards the mechanism of mindfulness, which I think is, is very important to share. So the first one is the ability to observe. So are we able to notice what's going on inside ourselves? Can we observe our thoughts can we observe our emotion? And can we also observe what's going on externally? Can we observe what is going on in terms of how people are treating us or the situation that we are in, physical place? And that's observing. That's the first component. The second component, it's called describing. So are we able to label in our head what is going on? that we have observed before for example what am i thinking about am i able to describe the thought that i'm observing it's very important especially if you have listened to episode number three about self-awareness and if you haven't i really encourage you to start there is that we would benefit from having the ability to step back pause and understand that our thoughts is not us so we are separate from our thoughts and our emotion. And if we can describe or mentally label what our thoughts are, it would be very helpful. The third is, can we act with awareness? So this is the third component. Can we actually notice what we are doing right now in full awareness rather than absentmindedly or on autopilot? So it's very easy for us to just do things without thinking what we are doing and this could be because of our constant ability to wander in our mind so this is called mind wandering 
Um, you either think about yourself, someone else, the past or the future. You're so much in your head that you are not aware of what you are doing. So this is not mindful. The third mindful component is being able to, again, act with awareness. You know what you're doing at the present moment. Now, the fourth is non-judging of inner experience. So how can you not interpret inner experience into this whole narrative of what's going on. It's so easy for us to, after recognizing what our thoughts and our emotion is, and then we just go into this spiral of thoughts and we keep reinforcing our thoughts and sometimes negatively. And I am one to practice a lot about this specific component because I judge my inner experience. I often feel guilty for my thoughts. I often are fearful of my thoughts so it's very meta in that sense um so if you are able to practice to just accept whatever you are feeling whatever you're thinking without creating a further narrative then you are doing some mindfulness now the fifth and the last of the five facet mindfulness questionnaire is non-reactivity to inner experience which means that when you do have these thoughts and feelings, you don't just stay there. You don't react to it. Because I think judging of the inner experience is a part of reacting. So rather than stressing so much about your thoughts and your feelings and being guilty about it, just allowing them to pass. So knowing that there is nothing that's permanent in thoughts and emotions because we've all had highs and lows in our mood in our thoughts and we know that when we're happy we're not always happy when we're sad we're also not always sad so when you are able to recognize this experience and do not react to it you are also practicing mindfulness so a quick summary of that five components for mindfulness by Bayer, made in 2006, is first, the ability to observe the stimuli internally and externally. Second, being able to describe the thoughts and emotion mentally. Third, being able to act with awareness rather than absent-mindedly. And fourth, when you have an inner experience, you do not judge or create a story of your own sensations and emotions. And fifth, that you are not reactive to this inner experience. So you allow the thoughts and feelings to pass rather than fixate on them. So I really love this because I feel like it would be very helpful for me in the journey of practicing mindfulness if I knew what was going on behaviorally from a research background. My first experience on mindfulness was an accident. I went to my first meditation class and for the first time I really did experience like a lot of joy and a lot of bliss when the meditation teacher told me to focus on my breathing and my deep inhales and my deep exhales and the pauses in between the breath. I felt like I actually had a break because Minds are constant thinking machines, right? We, we almost all the time habitually think whether it's positive, neutral, or negative. 
about the past, future, other people, and ourselves. And this is what I've discussed before, the default mode network. And it becomes very habitual, this this thinking, especially with now with digital lifestyles. Basically, you're always online. Your mind gets very busy, very distracted. It's hard to practice just pausing. And this is what mindfulness gives me. And I hope it can give you too, because this pause of habitual thinking and exerting the attention to something that's relatively neutral, that is such a great break. And it's such a great relief, at least for me. And I couldn't see the world before I knew what mindfulness is. Apparently, my view to the world change almost completely. So what mindfulness is, is we try to practice on being present and we want to exert our attention to something that's already accessible to us. And what is often taught by meditation teachers is to practice on your breath or the sensations in your body. So practicing on your breath is something that I've offered to you in the first meditation episode and the focusing of the sensations in your body. I have given you in the body scan of the second meditation to try to fall asleep. So you've gotten a taste about what mindfulness meditation can offer the experience to you. What's wonderful is because our breath and the sensation of our bodies is always there. It's accessible to us. So I believe what works wonderfully is because our breath and sensations of our bodies is always here for us. It's accessible. But however, I feel that one of the downsides is that our mind wanders often because of our breathing and bodily sensations are something that we always experience, right? It's often in the background and we have it automatically. We don't have to pay attention to our breath and we're already breathing. We don't have to pay attention to the sensations in our body and it's already activated and moving. So because it's not something that's very strong, at least not for beginners and for me still, and I still am a beginner, just a disclaimer, that our mind will wander often. And so what's interesting is that there has been a research, a neuroscientific research, that proposed the mechanism of mindfulness in terms of attention. And for me, this makes a lot of sense when I was reading this paper. So the first component of mindfulness is the ability to sustain or maintain attention or focus to the present moment without your mind wandering either to the past or towards the future. So in the context of what I just said earlier with where to focus during the mindfulness meditation, which is either towards your breath or the sensations in your body, this first component means how are you able to maintain this focus and attention, this awareness towards either the sensations of your breathing or the sensations of a body part without your mind wandering. Now, we know that the mind wanders though. It will wander once or another. 
and it will wander often. This is the default mode network again. It's something that our brain resorts to habitually when we are not intentionally paying attention or thinking. So the second component is called attentional switching, which I love because this is being aware that your mind has wandered and then you slowly bring your awareness back, which is refocusing the mind wandering back to an attitude of being openness and without judging. And I think this is what meditation really helps. To step back a bit, I think mindfulness can be practiced formally in a form of meditation, meditation, or informally in terms of I'm just doing an activity and I'm just fully focused, like a flow state. But what meditation for me helps is being aware that my mind has wandered and I'm slowly refocusing my mind wandering back to the present moment. And this little adjustments and little awareness every time I sit down or lay down for a meditation practice, this has been one of the benefits that I've experienced, that I am more able to notice when my mind is wandering. I am more able to refocus my mind who has already created a lot of this story. So again, this judging of my inner experience, which is not very mindful, and fixating on why am I having these thoughts and feelings, so being very reactive, but then just allowing them to pass. Now, adding from another scientific paper, which I deeply used in my thesis, is that mindfulness meditation affects three things. First, your attentional control, which we just talked about, which is the first is the ability to sustain your attention and switching your attention back to the present moment. And the second component is the ability to regulate your emotion, which I would love to deep dive in one separate episode because this is so important. I think it will be super beneficial to discuss this in detail. And then third, having self-awareness. So when we are aware in the present moment, especially because practicing with mindfulness meditation, we are given the space to be more aware of how we react habitually. So what I mean by that is how does our mind and our action go if we did not meditate before? And this habitual reactions could be either avoiding or suppressing or acting out without thinking. And this often creates, you know, your negative emotions of, of being upset or being sad. So I think one of the takeaways here is, so we do not just respond without thinking. Those who practice mindfulness are more likely to be aware of, oh, what are my thoughts? What are my emotions? And I see this in a third person perspective. So again, you are not your thoughts, you are just an observer. And seeing from a third person perspective, it allows you to be either kinder towards yourself or salutive towards your problem. Because I don't know if you're the same with me, but I give good advices to people. 
but I can't give the same good advices to me. I don't know if anyone else listening also have this problem, but when it comes to other people, I can be very rational. But to my own problems, it's very hard to be that because we're that person. Now, mindfulness meditation has helped me to see my problems in a third-person perspective and allow me to better regulate my negative thoughts and emotion whenever they arise. So I think mindfulness and mindfulness meditation itself is very important because this has an effect of creating this psychological distance between who we think we are, what our reaction is, and what we actually do and say and act in the world. And this space, again, is beneficial because you are able to think a bit more rationally about how you should better act so that no one would not benefit from it. So this has been my two cents about mindfulness and mindfulness meditation. I hope this has been somewhat insightful. So if you want to know more about how mindfulness or meditation changes your brain or how it works, I would highly recommend to read Altered Traits. This is a book by Daniel Goleman and Richard Davidson. So if you are interested in more mindfulness and meditation content, I think that would be largely of what these podcasts will we'll talk about with my future guests and i'm really excited to start sharing uh, episodes with future guests starting next week so i hope that this has given a little bit of understanding what mindfulness meditation is and i hope to give you more resources and another meditation in a separate episode so thank you so much for listening i hope that you are able to experience some awareness while listening to this and able to have some insightful knowledge that you can apply to increase and improve your well-being because i want you all well and i wish you all well especially during these times thank you so much for listening namaste